Yeah, thank you so much. It's been years ago, and maybe Jeannie remembers the store. I don't remember the store we were in. But there was an announcement over the intercom, and this announcement was made. Attention shoppers, remember, the more you buy, the more you save. Have you heard that before? I knew somebody would agree with that. But Jeannie thought it was the greatest announcement she had heard. It was like, on your mark, get set, go get it! And I'm sitting there scratching my head thinking, now, wait a minute. The more I buy, the more I save. If I wanted to save, I wouldn't be in the store in the first place, is what made sense to me. Here's some examples of flawed logic. And you probably have some good ones, too. And while this was a pretty smart idea for a four-year-old, my cousin Joe had a Volkswagen Beetle. Lived in Vidalia, Georgia. Summertime, it is hot. Joe locked his VW, but he would leave the window. Remember when people would leave the windows cracked? For? So Joe left his windows down a little bit. And his four-year-old daughter knew that she had left her walkie-talkie in the back seat. But Daddy was at work, and the Volkswagen was locked, and she wanted the walkie-talkie, and the window was cracked, and she thought it might float. Got the garden hose, put it in the window, and turned on the water, thinking it might float to the top. Here's more flawed logic. Now this one might be acceptable. If you eat a broken cookie, there are no calories. So that, that's okay, that was true, never mind. <laughs> With the Dave Ramsey class coming up, coming up and uh, here's one that you cannot borrow yourself out of debt. You ever been told that by someone before? You can't borrow yourself out of debt. It's not possible. So here's the flawed logic we're going to talk about today. If God is a forgiving God and will give me grace, then I can just keep on sinning. I can keep sinning because God's going to forgive me. Any flaws in that logic? We'll talk about that today. Let's pray together. Lord, we get to look at your word. Thank you for that. We pray that you speak to us through it, that the Holy Spirit that inspired the writer will inspire the reader and the hearer. Thank you for this day and help us to have logical faith that makes sense to us and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul addressed this topic of flawed logic, I just keep sinning, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. And he says this in Romans 6, 1. What then are we to say, should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? Just a vicious cycle that keeps going. I'll just keep sinning, God will keep forgiving. I'll keep sinning, God will keep forgiving. Should we do that? In the New Living Translation, it's put this way. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? That's flawed logic. I am forgiven, so I just keep sinning. It's flawed. 
but it's possible. Let's see how the question from Romans 6.1 is answered. Uh, should we keep sinning to get more grace is the question. Here's the answer in verse 2. By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? This translation begins with by no means. Other versions begin with the two words, God forbid. God forbid. The question is really just ridiculous, but people tried. Paul answered. So, how can we who died to sin go on living in it? That's a good question. It's really saying, you say you're a Christian, so act like it. And in the next several verses, we're told how to act. Verses 3 and 4 in particular. Do you not know, any of us that would dare ask that question, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead of the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We hear that in baptisms of believers, don't we? Buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. Because of Jesus and his sacrifice and his resurrection and his ministry, we're to walk in newness of life. That's a beautiful phrase, isn't it? Newness of life. If you're a Christian, you know what that means. We think differently when Christ is in charge. And this newness is not automatic. I was baptized up here. Right there. David, was that the same day you were baptized? Charlie, was that the same day you were baptized? David Beasley, what year was that? 69, 70. Probably, I, I'm guessing 1969. And so there were a bunch of us that day. And so when David and Beasley and I got baptized in that 1969 and we walked out, we have been absolutely perfect since 1969. And I'm just proud to tell you that. Do you know different? <laughs> you know different, don't you? Yeah. But let me tell you this, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute. David and I have worked, and Charlie, and all of us who proclaim Christ, we have worked all that newness of life every day. Some days better than others, but it's a process that we move in. It's a beautiful phrase, newness of life. And thank God he gives that to us that needed so. But we think differently when Christ is in charge. Look at verse 11 of Romans 6. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's a great key to our Christian wall. We don't have to sin. We should consider ourselves dead to sin. Let me illustrate it this way. Let's say that I have a friend who has died and he is at the funeral home and I'm gone to his visitation and we grew up together and did things together and I walk up to the casket and I say listen I know where there's an armored truck and it's parked and the doors are unlocked and it's full of cash let's go rob the armored truck now I'm sure we can get away and we'll never get caught, and, and we'll never have to work a day in our lives. It's, it's just full of all sorts of wonderful money and gold and diamonds and anything you want. 
Now remember, my friend, that I'm trying to get this to is at the funeral home, Sandy Springs Chapel, in the casket. What's his answer going to be? Is he going? No, he's not going. He's dead. In the same way, and it's tough, but in the same way, we should be dead as Now, we all fail at times. But if in our failing we come to think before we fail, you know, I might as well go ahead and do it because God's going to forgive me. That's abusing the grace of God. That's grace abuse. And it's flawed thinking. And it may be an indicator that I don't know Christ at all. If I'm thinking ahead of this, that, hey, I'm, he's going to forgive me, so I might as well do it. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 18 to 20, A good tree cannot bear fruit, bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you'll know them by their fruits. And so I have to change. But we really never do get to the point where we don't sin at all. I've met, you ever met some people that said that? I don't sin anymore. They have pride. And that's a horrible sin. That should be our goal, however. The Bible is clear. 1 John 1 8 says this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But we work at it. And we grow. And we move. I love this illustration. You ever ice skated? Can anybody in here ice skate well? <laughs> One or two hands that they can ice skate well. I haven't been ice skating in years because I learned really quickly I could not do it. Uh, my ankles would do this. It, it just didn't work and I just spent time on the cold ice and I fell down a lot. You ever watched professional skaters either live or on television? All the things they do, it's just beautiful to watch them. Do they fall down? Yeah. Yes. They did it in the Olympics. They fall down. But not as often as when they first started. Not near as often. Why? Because they spent time every day skating. In the same way, the longer we imitate Christ, the longer we allow His Holy Spirit to work in our lives. By the way, we're going to start a series on the Holy Spirit two weeks from today. But the more we do that, the less often we will fail in our walk. So, thinking about the flawed logic of shutting, just keep sinning because God's going to forgive me. Let me give you three quick observations about the flawed logic of grace abusers. Number one, grace abusers forget who they belong to. Grace abusers forget who they belong to. Do you remember as a kid leaving the house and a mom or a dad saying, remember who you are? You remember those days? Remember who you are? What that was was code language. If you don't act like I think you'd act, I'll take you out. Is what was when he said that. Act like somebody. If I daily remember my connection to God, my days are much better. Psalms 103, 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord is God, and it is He that has made us. We are His, we are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Romans 14, 8 puts it this way. 
If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord. Galatians 2, the last part of verse 19 and verse 20 say this. I've been crucified with Christ. It is not no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So grace abusers forget who they belong to. Secondly, grace abusers deny the power of the resurrection. We hopefully get fuel in our tank at Easter. Hopefully it really encourages us when we hear the truth of what Christ did and about his resurrection. And we think of this verse from Romans 8, 11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through his spirit that dwells in you. <clears throat> when I realize that, I, the resurrection is true. I need to live in light of the resurrection and not deny that it happened by living a horrible life. One of the reasons that I'm a Christian is because I have seen lives change. I've seen those who were once thieves become generous. I've seen those who were suffering addictions made new. I've seen the miserable become joyful. I've seen the mean become kind. I've seen it all. And all of us should live our lives in light of the resurrection. So grace abusers forget who they belong to. They deny the power of the resurrection. And lastly, grace abusers cause others to stumble. Grace abusers cause others to stumble. Our lives should be great examples, not cause confusion. God says a lot in his word about warning us about not causing others to stumble. And we should how are we supposed to be? Matthew 5.16 tells us how we ought to be. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So let your light shine. Don't cause others to stumble. Back to the question and the flawed logic. Should we continue in sin? God forbid. Let's pray together.